Hey folks, it's John here before the episode to wish you a happy Thanksgiving week. Hope you enjoy this holiday and, you know, the simplicity behind it, really. It's it's us getting together with family and uh, celebrating the death of these terrible creatures. They, they taste pretty good, but really the satisfaction comes from the fact that there'll be fewer of them in the world. And uh, hope you enjoy the week. Hope you enjoy some maybe some holiday shopping and the start of that season. And uh, we'll give you one more thing to celebrate this week, to be thankful for, and that's uh, us taking a week off, Patrick and I, next week. And uh, enjoy it, you know, maybe listen back to one of your favorite episodes or share us on Facebook, give us some star ratings, give us give us something to be thankful for. How about that? You know, it, it works both ways, right? Ugh. Good morning. Vietnam. We're just winging it. I mean, it could be good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in your life right now. I'm going to say good morning because this feels like, well, it is morning for us right now. It's actually morning for us. Yeah. I'll say good night just because um, it's romantic. And I'm John Abdullah. I'm Patrick Green. And it looks like you're wearing a new watch, Patrick. Well, my Apple Watch is still not fixed. Yeah, so that's so like I've a got temporary a placeholder. Yeah, it's, placeholder. it's a nice one. It's, yeah. Isn't it nice? Yeah, I couldn't even tell it was Spider-Man from, it's cool. from it's, afar. It's very... Uh, GameStop. That's usually where I buy my watches, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to go get a Secret Santa present, and I was like, uh-huh. you know what? I've seen this watch online. It's it's nice, and then I can give it to Jude when I'm done when my Apple Watch is fixed. Oh, and he can have like a nice little classy so little Spider-Man good. watch. You know? Yeah, it is classy. Um, the Apple Watch is still an ongoing. Yeah, issue. has I've, have they I've responded? Been, no, I'm now in the second wave of this process. So yeah. we tried a different Apple store out. Actually, had my par- I sent it to my parents and had them take it to a different Apple Ooh. store to, in Connecticut to see. Didn't if they you like mail? It. I saw you at one point just yeah, like I've been mailing it up to mail it. Yeah, yeah, it's just been mailed yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I think it was, you, you were mailing that? it to the North Pole last time. <laughs> I was. Yeah. So, um, oh, I watch you. I have cameras. Dear Santa, I, I don't cameras, blame you. Yeah. It's an interesting life. I mean, it's I, I use AI to filter through and just show me the interesting stuff. So yeah. it all boils down to like two seconds of you. You know, two two golden seconds. Yeah, exactly. Um. So we uh, took the boys to New York City this week. Yeah, I saw the pictures. How did it go? It was an amazing. It was their first trip to New York. Trip. Yeah, they both wanted oh, to man. go. Jude, especially. Do they he's now been know it just as forever. like where Spider Man lives? Like, is yes. that? Yeah, that's yes. awesome. And Ghostbusters for Henry too. Oh right, of course. So, Ghostbusters. Like, their, their two favorite film franchises really are centered there. So like the point of this trip was basically to go find some of the landmarks that they know from and the, find Spider Man. The things. Well, that's I'm getting. I'm oh. getting the good stuff. Oh, that's going to be disappointing. Um, I know, I, I know <laughs> where that inf- goes, infinite let and down. it ain't going to be good. It ain't going to be... Oh, just you wait. Yeah, right next to the naked cowboy. So that, Yeah, right. Oh, um. God. <laughs> so they've been wanting to go for a long time, uh-huh. and uh, and finally we were like, you know, w- w- let's just do it. it it's I'll, it, We have Monday off. It's Veterans Day. Yeah. Take a trip into the city. We don't have to make a big deal out of it. We, have, we don't have to stay there. We can just go on the train. And... Um, and it went great. The problem was that neither of them napped on the train ride in, mm. which was a kind of uh, Does Jude near still cataclysmic. Nap? Uh, he has been a little more lately because mm. kindergarten now, they work him so fucking hard. Like, <laughs> he goes to school for eight hours a day. Yeah. Kindergarten's eight hours? It's oh, because, crazy. Is that just because like it's an after school thing that no, you also- No, that's school. There's really? also an after school program that we can't afford, yeah, so he doesn't yeah. do that. Wow. He comes home with the poor eight kids. Eight hour kindergarten. Yeah. He, like, Ours was I, definitely he, like four, right? Or something. It was a Three short, or four. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to go in at nine and yeah. come home at like 1230. But we were like dumb. You know, we were I was in like the trying remedial to kindergarten at that class. Point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even talk. <laughs> um, it is absolutely insane how hard they work them. So he's just tired now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Huh. Um, but also- I look just, forward to gaining naps back because Grace is three and we've, you know, we lost them like at least a year ago and I miss well, it. Well, typically he doesn't do it because he's gone yeah, all day. But right. but on days when he's not, when he's mm-hmm. actually home, 
sometimes we can get him to kind of rest up a little bit. He's got to store it up for the week of kindergarten. Yes. Yeah. And this is tempered somewhat by the fact that both of the kids, as I just mentioned to you, are sick right now with a throat oh, yes. uh-huh. thing, which I can feel myself getting. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. I almost made it. And then it comes back every time. Every time. But they both were starting to get sick on this trip, which thankfully didn't ruin anything. Good. But um, they were they were tired. So they needed a nap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And neither of them even came close to it on the train ride. So I was like, well, there we go. We're going in the city. And New York City, you know, you've been there many times, is is not a, is not like a simple place to go with children, right? It's, it's, <laughs> no. No matter what. Yeah, I haven't done it with kids yet. Well, and, and that's why even though Micah and I have been to New York probably 12 times since we're having kids, just, just for various things, yeah. we just go for lunch sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we never brought the kids, and so we decided to do it. Yeah. So the whole purpose of this trip, and this is where uh, Micah, if Jude's in the car and you're listening to this, turn, turn it off. The whole point was uh, to basically deliver a message from Spider-Man at the top of the Empire State Building to the boys. Wow. So we had this whole this thing. Is the green way. This whole thing, the green way. And my mom, Intensity. of course, was in on this because we went and She was them. Spider-Man, right? She, she, was actually she rappelled down dressed, from the yeah, roof. Exactly. Um, so we got, you know, these. I got like these fast passes to go to the 86th floor observatory, the Empire State Building, where I have not been since I was seven. Wow, so was really yeah. Cool. And um, I, I've never been, actually, I don't think. It's just amazing. Just yeah, if, I think I would remember that. It's just worth it. it. It's worth doing it for the the view and for like the history of that spot in the world. You know, yeah, just, oh, it's totally. pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and we got up to the top and we had some uh, Halloween webbing and we had nice. a card that I'd bought that had Spider-Man on it with a note with a countdown to the Festival of Heroes, which is (laughs) coming (laughs) in a couple of weeks. Wait, is that a real thing or is that another one of your, you know, Shark Festival? It's like a follow-up to Shark Week. I I teased it a little bit when I was talking about the Festival of Shark Week. No, but it should be, right? Yeah, sounds like it. This is going to be, whereas the Festival of Shark Week was about celebrating nature and stewardship of the natural world, this is going to be about celebrating um, heroism in various forms. So not just the superheroes that we see, but also... Aid workers, firefighters, um, me, you know. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so there's going to be a day where HR, they just venerate a, a portrait of me yeah. and bow to it. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. That's, um, that's a good way to raise them. But uh, if, if there's a lot of different ways people can, you know, be heroic, as oh, you know, absolutely. very well. And, and I think yeah. a lot of that gets overlooked. But we're putting it in the context of the superheroes that they know and love. Because in the comic books, yeah. and I'll get to this in a second, that's always been a big part of it. Like the heroes in comic books, you know, after 9 11, famously, um, the Avengers, like, you know, uh, basically, like, there's a cover where they're looking at the first responders and, yeah. and they're bowing their heads in, in honor to them. That's always been a part of comic books. Is that, like, you know, these there are heroes with superpowers, but there's heroes without superpowers. Oh, yeah. And they're just as valid. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to basically be celebrating that with this kind of ongoing thing. We're That's really awesome. excited about it. But um, so we're at the top of the Empire State Building. Uh huh. And we're kind of frantically trying to make this work because it's one of those things where I just hadn't really thought about the fact that it was going to be completely packed with people <laughs> and that they hadn't had a nap yet. And that there was in all your these brain, it was things. like, you know, just you guys up there and right. they're like in a great mood. They're super excited. Right. right? But yeah. it was like they were hungry and mm-hmm. they hadn't slept. And also yeah. we couldn't move. That's so that right there just sums up parenting, you know, the expectations and then the reality and then how you deal with it. So go on. Right. Well, how so, did so, you deal with so it? the initial impact was not great. Screaming. I have to say, I think Jude did not believe it. I think he was like, this doesn't feel like he was like, I guess I'll go along for like Henry's sake. Henry was was thrilled. Yeah. Luckily, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I could tell that like it didn't quite land the right way. So I was uh-huh. like, you know what? OK, it's OK. Yeah. I got time. We're going to like I'm going to come up with a way to surprise him to make it feel real yeah so we get back we have this wonderful day oh one brief thing i'll say is we had passes to the natural history museum which Mm. is kind of why we were going in the first place because i wanted to see the dinosaur skeletons there um naturally but we took them to central park in the middle of the day after the empire state building and the boys just had such a great time there that we're like fuck it 
so the whole trip was just basically the Empire State Building and then an entire day in Central Park. Yeah, yeah. Which was which great. Which awesome, And they had yeah. so much fun. There's so much to do there that we never see because we're always like- And it was beautiful Jumping that around day, town. It was a beautiful yeah. day and there's all these big playgrounds and these like there's things to do. There were like musicians outside playing, you know, street drums and th- it was so fun. Mm. So that was really great. And and it was a nice reminder sometimes that it's it's worth like- Letting go of adapting your, or mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, and we still have thirty days to use the passes. So now at the end of Heroes Week, we get oh. to surprise them with a trip back to New York. Nice. How are you going to connect the dinosaurs into that one? I'll figure it out. <laughs> Give them capes. Um. So that night, so we get home and we are uh, we're back at my parents' house, kind of as a stopover point before we drive back into Boston because yeah. my parents live pretty close to the city compared to us, right? And um. The and you know we're kind of like talking back through the day and the boys had had such a great time and it was just great and we we're kind of eating pizza getting ready to go and while that's happening I go outside and I put the webbing on the car on the windshield wiper oh. and uh, and and I you know don't make a big thing out of it we don't say anything but Jude sees it and he like you can just see his face go oh my god <laughs> like it totally hit and we didn't make a thing out of it yeah but he but he like very quietly was like daddy there's a web on the car. And I could just see, I was like, that's it. That's it's, awesome. It's totally The fixed. magic. And so- um, And what'd you do? I, well, I just played it off. And I was like, well, how did he do that? And we had this whole story yeah. about like how he had must have like hitched a ride back to like check to see if we had a good time. And then he yeah. like went back, but he left a message so we would know. So Jude was totally, mm. uh, that, that sealed everything. He was completely on board. So he goes to school the next day. Yeah. And one of his best friends at school is saying, Spider-Man's not real. Like, like don't don't believe that. Like, yeah. He's, he's pretend. And Jude was really upset about this. And he came home and we talked about it. Um, and I was like, well, you know, he, Spider-Man is as real as you, as you make him, you know, mm. and Spider-Man, uh, you know, might not, I, I didn't like, get into it, but I was like, well, you know, who knows basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like he's real to me cause he's dropping a note off for you and cause there's webbing on the car, but you know, we don't, we don't know. And then that night, um, as we're getting ready for bed, I sneak back into their room and I tape webbing from the, uh, skylight with a note at the end of it. Um, and it just says 12 days on the front and then you open it up and it says, P.S. I'm real. <laughs> and Jude <laughs> was terrifying. like losing his, I know that's, that's what I thought. And Jude was like, days. I'm really, 12 I'm real. days. Uh. Don't ever question me. <laughs> yeah, right. Threatening. Yeah. It's got blood. Um, and Jude was like freaking <laughs> out. And then I found an AR app where you can basically, um, interpolate Spider-Man into environments. Yeah. And I like used Photoshop and got the filter really oh right. My God. And I put him in the skylight of their room. Yeah. And I was like, and I set a timer on my phone to go off. So like 10 minutes after this, like this timer goes off. I'm like, oh, I don't recognize this number. And I pull it up and it's a picture of Spider-Man with taking a selfie. In oh my room earlier. God. And I was he like, must oh have my lost God. it. Oh yeah. It was like the most fun we've had. Oh, I'm so, so interested. You know, maybe we come back to this one um, because I I really want to talk about this. I don't know what you guys do with Santa Claus, but we haven't yes, had it yet. That is an episode. Yeah. Because that because, is something we talk about all the time. Right. And right. Bethany and I were just talking about this and we haven't done it yet because Grace, you know, she's just three now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we might even be able to get away with another year where we just don't even like we can engage on it if she asks, but mm. otherwise we might. I don't know. Interesting. But, but we have such mixed feelings about it, you know? And I'm, so I'm really interested in to hear you like have that kind of conversation with Jude where it's like, you know, you want to. You want to cultivate this idea of like magic in the world, right? Yeah. Um, and the idea that these characters, um, there is a like a, they're as real as you want them to be, like you said. And I, I appreciate that. And I think similarly, I can feel that way with Santa. On the same hand, you don't want to lie to your kids, mm-hmm. like right? Cause, right. You know, and you don't want them necessarily going out there in the world and like not being able to distinguish between what's real and I don't know. There's just a lot to it. So. Let's there is, a, there is a lot to unpack, and we yeah. will definitely come back to that. We were just talking about it this morning because yeah. it's something that that I definitely think about. You know, yeah. 
and uh, we were kind of researching ways to um, to talk about these oh, things with the kids. Yeah. And um, just briefly, Micah was mentioning how a lot of the articles that she sees are are this fucking like the same people who do the like I'm not your friend. <laughs> the people like that who are like my kid's gonna you mean be. Me? Yeah, yeah, John Abdullah. <laughs> like, my child's going to be the one who's going to go to school and ruin your child's yeah, lie yeah, yeah, about yeah, Santa yeah, yeah, Claus. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. proud of that because right. I don't lie to my kids. And I'm like, fuck you. Listen, if if you're raising the kind of kid who would be upset that you, quote unquote, lied to them about yeah. Santa Claus, then you're a fucking bad parent. <laughs> if, if, if your kid has such a binary <laughs> worldview that they can't comprehend that you were doing this to make the world fun and magical and then you can let them in on the secret when yeah. they're older... And they can help their sibling or they can help others to like preserve magic. Right. It's the magic of childhood. You know what I mean? I think so. But I think I think you're carrying it to an extreme. Like I agree with you about I the, never do that. John. Yeah. No, never. I mean, I totally agree with you uh, with the opposite extreme of this where it's like you've got kids who, you know, they need them to know the truth and they need that to be like spread out or whatever right. um, to other kids and ruin it. And uh, and I find that problematic. Um but I think, you know, there is like a legitimate, like when you're talking to your kids, you want to be truthful to them. And if they ask you questions that dig deeper into that, you know, how do you balance that, like cultivating magic with mm-hmm. being honest, you know? So right, right. I think there's like a middle, you know, audience there. <laughs> I think you're right. And, and, and I think there's obviously I'm a, I'm a skeptic in, in my own personal life. And, and I, I want to raise kids who yeah, value rational thing. inquiry. Exactly. You know? But exactly. I also realize that they're five and two. Yes. And they're not going to no, be I like you're right. whipping out beakers and testing the <laughs> hydrodynamics of space flight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's OK. Yeah. But at a certain point, obviously, that becomes a different conversation. Of and course. to me, yeah, that's an adaptive moment where you let them in on the secret and you say, OK, so there's no physical Santa Claus. Yeah. But Santa Claus is about more than that. Exactly. And we can have a lot of fun if we preserve that magic in the world. Yeah. Because you're, on you're only a that. kid once in your whole fucking life. I know, life, you know. I know. And to not have that experience of Santa, I would feel really sad not, yeah. not doing it. So anyway, that's that's All another right, episode. We'll come back to it. Uh how have you been? Um, I'm good. You know, you I seem healthy. Uh, I'm <laughs> healthy as an ox. You seem you seem strapping. <laughs> it's because we're doing it in the morning. I mean, honestly, I wake up You are different in the I morning. I wake up yeah. and I'm at peak. You know, I mean, maybe, all right, I have coffee, you know, an hour into my waking up, I have uh, coffee and I'm at peak. An hour into waking up, and you then wait that every, long. Uh, no, actually, it's not that long. It's like my routine is like shower, get dressed, and then have coffee. So it's probably half hour after I wake up. Have you ever come into work without having showered in the morning? Uh, I'm sure I've, I've done it, but. God, what a fucking horrible feeling. Rarely. It it's very rare. And when it happens, yeah. not the whole day, I feel like I'm just like a, like a, you just hide. Yeah, just I disgusting. cancel all my meetings. Yeah, it's like so disgruntled. Uh, yeah, but speaking of um, heroism, I uh, I felt like a boss the other day as a dad because I so I went into uh, Veterans Day, and first off, I had a few weeks before that I had been really looking forward to Veterans Day because it was going to be a day where the kids were in daycare and I was off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's not the hero part of this story. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was like I was excited to have a day, you know, just to, like, go to oh, movies that never or do happens. something. Know, yeah, that's the thing. It's so rare, right? And so when the kids are in daycare and I'm not, that's, like, the perfect, you know, <laughs> When you're not in daycare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because work, you know, after, at the end of the day, it's just a place for us to, you know, be cared for. Um, it's, there's a lot to that. Sure. But anyway, so... Then, like, a week and a half or something before Veterans Day, our daycare provider's like, you know, I'm actually going to take this off for some professional day or I don't know. It was, like, clearly it didn't – it was suspicious. I'll just put it that way. Um, and I was, like, really bummed about that because, you know, you have an expectation. I'm going to have a day off. And uh, and then suddenly, you know, I learned that she's not. So I was bummed about that. But 
I dealt with it, you know, and also I should mention that Bethany was working, so that meant I have the kids alone at the end of a long weekend, mm. and uh, you know, and all of this, I should be, if I was truly a great dad, I would I would be super thrilled about this. But, a hero. Um, exactly, but I went into it and thinking, you know, all right, I'm going to enjoy it. Like, I'm obviously not going to just be miserable all day. I'll think of some fun thing to do with the kids, and, and that's what we'll do. So, so I ended up deciding on the zoo. Um, and we went and uh, we went to Franklin Park Zoo um, mm. in Boston, which I not been to, not the one right near you, not guys. the one right yeah. near me, because I thought it'd be you know something different, and yeah. they have like lots of cool animals compared to the Stone Zoo. And, yeah, the Stone uh, Zoo has a fucking jaguar, John. Yeah, it does have a jaguar. You, it's it's hard to beat. Uh, you know you know how jaguars kill their prey. <laughs> Do you know this? No, I do don't. you know this? Go ahead. Well, you should go back to the zoo and fucking read the plaque, John. Yeah, I know. I never most read those big plaques. cats break the necks of their prey. You know what a jaguar does? You've already said you didn't, so I'll tell you. They intracranially sever the brain. How? Because so, they're so fucking strong. Yeah. And they're so jacked and like, they're so like sexy. Badass. And just cool. Sexy. That they're like, they fucking, they take their giant fangs and they grab the head of the prey and then they just bite as hard as they can and they break into Crunch the brain right and destroy it. the brain. Yeah. That is badass. That's fucking Now I get why crazy. the cars are named Jaguars. Yes, Makes so much they sense also now. crunch through brain... <laughs> Stems, yeah. So we went. We so went to Franklin, and uh, I gotta say, uh, I had never been so called, you know, off season. Um, because for zoos, you know, at least here in New England, the summer is really the best time because they have all right. the animals usually. What do they do? Um, are, is, this, is this still open in the winter? Well, so yeah, they're actually they are open year round. They are, from okay. what I understand. I don't think I've ever been, but in the even winter. in the fall, I went. And, like, my only other experience going there was like amazed at all the animals that are just like in Boston, you know, like the freaking yeah. giraffes, That's zebras. Crazy. Yeah, it's you know, insane. they're not happy. Up in Boston, ah, whatever. I mean, if they're in the wild, you know, my whole thing. I mean, they're on well zoos, cared for, but I'm just saying, you know, like, you know, they're well cared for. And here's the thing: like animals that are out in the wild, that's not like a fun existence. That's very true. You, I mean, you you are always on this fine line between life and death. You know, in survival mode. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not too worried about the animals at the zoo. But anyway, right? <laughs> that's a different story. So, so we get there, and uh, you know, and I had sort of like I thought maybe they didn't have as many animals, so I didn't want to like get Grace too hyped up about giraffes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, I think they'll be there, but they might be, uh, you know, gone for the winter, uh, you know, vacationing in Florida or whatever. Um, and uh, it turned out that they weren't there, and and the place was like kind of like a ghost town. I mean, you know, relative to other times I've been there, it's not even that late in the um, season. It isn't. Yeah. And there were, and also it was like this moment just after Halloween where they had all that stuff. So like instead it was just like rotting pumpkins everywhere, and like you know <laughs> it was the post mortem of that. Right. So so it was fine, and you know we we still ended up um, staying there for like I don't know two and a half hours or something. And nice. Um, the gorillas are always a highlight. Uh, they're just amazing creatures, you know, to just like watch them and of course they always do look really sad so maybe what i just said they didn't go. <laughs> they're, they're like they're like this is not what i'm well there's something about the eyes of a gorilla i mean obviously this is like a duh thing but you know i mean there's they are so human-like right um and there's just so much emotion and uh yeah it's just uh i don't know i have mixed feelings about and they're very clearly intelligent oh I, yes I find when you see primates oh, when and, i got apes, there it's just you just yeah. see them and you're and you there's a moment of recognition where like oh like they're processing my facial features yeah. like they know that i'm like a human he wants to kill me like when our lizard, when our lizard goes up to a mirror, it tries to, you know, he tries to destroy the mirror, and and he won't stop doing that until I move him away from it. Like sometimes Dumb I'll just shit. let Peter kind of just run, like because he loves doing that. So yeah, he'll just yeah. he'll put his frills out and he'll just like oh, be like attacking amazing. it. Um, and I'm like, well, he gets shit. exercise, I guess, so I'll let him do it for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. But like, but he has no clue that that yeah. is not him hitting the glass. You know? Yeah. So Primates when we that. got there, though, the gorilla, uh, one of the gorillas was actually just like in a one of those like outdoor patio chairs. 
Um, <laughs> like an and Adirondack just, patio chair? Well, it wasn't an Adirondack one. It was like one of the ones that's just like a plastic one that goes at a, t- a table. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it was just like lounging on it, you know, just like hanging With out. With his little leg up in and, the, yeah, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. They it was do am- that. It was amazing. Um, so anyway, we had a great experience at the zoo. Um, I was feeling good about that. Of course, you know, the playground, I have mixed feelings about that. They have these at zoos. And of course, once Grace got to the playground, she didn't want to leave it. I know. This happens so, all the time. You know, it's like I get it. And, and on we one hand- We go to these destinations yeah. and there's a playground there and it's like, well, that's what we're going to do. Exactly. Which is what happened in Central Park, to be fair. But at the same time, I was glad because well, I feel like they kind of needed that. That's it's true. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. So so I let Grace play for a while and then I finally had to pull her away, which wasn't she wasn't happy about. But once she got out of that, you know, like- her brain was like removed from mm-hmm. the playground. Then she was back into like, you know, wanting to experience animals. And then we got home and I had just watched, I don't know if you've seen this Netflix show. Uh, it's something like salt, fat. Oh yeah. Heat, salt, fat, heat, uh, something else. <laughs> salt. Fa- I don't know about my brother. I've only watched the first episode. <laughs> my brother-in-law was saying that like, that was like his, his nickname in high school. And I was like, uh. it's like salt, <laughs> fat, heat and something. Yeah. That's great. And so I had watched that the night before and I Is that just, good? it looked really, it's cool. really good. It. Yeah. Okay. I'd watched yeah. it the night before and I needed to make the bread in that. And mm. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make the bread with the kids. Um, and just see what happens. Because, like, you know, bread is a fun thing. The dough is, you know, great oh, to yeah. play with it and stuff. So we did that. And then we made dinner. And, like, it was just, like, a great day. You a know? nice day. And, like usual, I go in with the expectation that it's going to be stressful and all that. But, of course, once you sort of just embrace it, um, it was great. And I felt like, you know, again, I felt like a total uh, boss after the end of the day. Yeah. Being a dad that took them both to the zoo and didn't, you know... Nobody got killed. And you made fucking bread. Um, and I made bread. You know, I do think part of the stress comes from expectations not being met. And oh, going in God, with a rigidity, so much of right? life, like, right? Yeah. So much of the time, and I think this is true for anything, but especially with parenting, like, you have a plan of, of what you're going to do. Yes. And you know it's going to be a little bit tough, but this is like, this is the enrichment for the day, and we're going to do it, and yeah. we're going to come home, and blah, blah, blah. And then immediately things don't go the way they're supposed to go. Like mm-hmm. the kids don't feel good or, or they don't take a nap on the train or the zoo's got fucking rotting pumpkins all over it. Like yeah. something, something happens, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got to keep continually finding fun within it and, and, and finding that yeah. balance between you things going that. the way you intend them to and not going that way. Exactly. And that's tough, man. That's a, a It's constant. a tough thing, but you're so right that parenting really brings that to the fore. It's, it's a life skill, I would say, that adaptation mm-hmm. um, and one that I feel like I'm so much better at now because when you're with kids, you always you you know that they're always watching how you react to the situation, right? And right. so, um, if in those instances I was super bummed about there not being giraffes, or like you know, I was upset about the fact that they spent so much time at the playground or whatever, like that, you know, if I let that ruin the day for me, it's going to ruin it for them, and yeah, it's going to make the whole do thing it? sucky. And, and why why bother? Yeah, you know, exactly. It's easy to say when you're not in that scenario, oh, right? Very it's easy much for us so. to sit here in our cushy studio, <laughs> yeah. you know, our cushy Beverly it is Hills. Cushy, you know, isn't it? it is cushy, it's very cushy. Cushy. Yeah. cushy, yeah. cushy. <laughs> Cut me some flack. Uh, um, yeah. You know, we can sit here and 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 look at look back on it and say, oh, like that's so nice. But yeah. In the yeah. moment, obviously, it's more oh, of an very much experience. so, very much so. Uh, before we get to nostalgia, yeah. I want to do two quick little things, and then I wanted to read a, a brief excerpt. Of oh, something. you must. I know we're doing a, this must. is kind of a shortened episode, so we're it's going to be. It it's a quickie, but it's okay. It's fun. You know? Yeah. Um. So first off, I just want to say, uh, obviously, Stan Lee was a, a big a big part of, of my life, and uh, we found out that he died. As we had just come down from the mm. Empire State Building with the boys, and we were coming down, and they had the Spider-Man card in their hands. Of Man. course, he, he created the character, um, and it was, it was Steve Ditko, and it was an amazing moment where I just realized, like, what an impact that man right? had on, and how many of the moral foundations that I really live my life by come from him, yeah, and from the ways that he 
uh, wrote about the human experience mm. and gave kids especially really healthy ways to look at the world. And he talked about things like, um, you know, eradicating racism during the civil rights movement. Like he was really um, on board with that and, and putting those storylines into comics. And now, um, you know, writing Muslim characters and coming up with ideas of just basically giving kids who are reading these things a broader worldview and a broader perspective on yeah. the human experience. There's so much power in it. Um, and one of my favorite things that he that he wrote, and I'll make this brief, was, um, you know, he would do these little forewords sometimes mm-hmm. to things. Yeah. Um, and they would kind of be in these little um, boxes at the front of issues sometimes. And sometimes it would be afterwards. But anyway, especially when he was... Because in the 70s, he transitioned more into like an editor role instead right. of a writer role. So he would put these little like stands, soapbox yeah. notes. You know, I remember and, seeing these, yeah. And one of them was about the um, the importance of love mm. in the world. And about how... Uh, and this is for kids. Like he was writing this, you know, uh, at least uh, on the face of it for 8 to 12-year-old yeah. kids. You yeah. Know? About how... As you go through life, it will be easier and easier to hate people, mm. and it will feel good to do that sometimes. Yeah. But if we're going to survive, and if we're going to endure this age that we live in, we have to work hard to love each other and to be vulnerable and go out there every day and commit to the idea that other people deserve love and that I deserve love, and I'm going to treat people like that. Wow. You know, and it's like... It's just it's, That's amazing. It's, it's amazing to say things like that to a kid in in the context where they're already totally tuned into it because yeah. you know comic books are the things that you read with a flashlight under the bed after the after your parents tell you to go to sleep right like yeah. you're so invested oh in the this. intimacy there too yeah and to, yeah and and to be told <clears throat> right from that guy's desk you know to your eight year old brain that the world is it's easier to hate than it is to love and you have to fight to love and that that's how you man live a, a meaningful life I mean it's just it's really it's special. profound and, I'm and also so, struck by we've talked about Mr. Rogers and his role yeah and I'm what I'm struck by is these both of these men uh, were so influential um, to children in particular you yes. know maybe a little bit different age brackets but um, they both felt like love was something that was so important to sort of cultivate in children. And yet they had very, very different approaches. And in fact, I bet, you know, I haven't read about what they think about each other or if that's even a thing, but um, very different opinions about how to actually approach that. You know, Mm. like Mr. Rogers was, um, from what I understood based on the documentary and other things, uh, not a fan of, of, you know, comic book kind of approach to Mm. talking to kids. Um, And maybe it was a specific age group again. But anyway, I I love that they both at the end, they they really come out, you know, thinking that love is more important than anything else. Like, that's the thing that you want to focus on. Yeah. I mean, there's fundamental both of those approaches, too, is what I'm saying. And the fundamental approach, the the fundamental thing that they're both trying to do is to tell kids to listen and to go outside of their own head and to experience the world and to and to put themselves out there, you know? Yeah. Right. Like Mr. Rogers is all about don't hesitate to ask somebody how their day is going because mm-hmm. you never know if you're going to get that opportunity again and you might learn something beautiful. You know? Right, right. Stan Lee is like the the person who you think is a supervillain might just be a really hurting little kid who never got fixed growing yeah. up, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's about complexity and it's about being open and honest. And I just think um, it's amazing. One other brief shout out that I wanted to make. So anyway, so, you know, Stan Lee, rest in peace, huge influence on, on you and I and a whole multitude whole of generations of people. Of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my buddy Connor from Scotland uh, is having a baby. We just found out last uh, night. Congrats, Connor. Yeah, so congrats, Connor. That's uh, fucking great. He's going to be a first time dad. So that's going to be, it's going to be really cool. Well, keep in touch, Connor. We got a... Connor Murdoch. Yeah. We have a lot of Scottish listeners, actually. We do. At least, at least two of them. I know that. We're going to have to do a show. We're going to have to tape over there one day. Let's go. A live show to in Edinburgh. Scotland. Yeah. Sounds and good. Tape a, a, a show for a podcast. I'm sure they'll appreciate your uh, spot-on accent. 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 Yeah. 
Yeah. It is pretty good. I'll give it to you. It's pretty good. So, uh, I, I, we're transitioning now to the body of the episode, which is nominally about we? nostalgia. Okay, good. But um, No, this is good. This is a good way to start it. Transitioning into it, um, my buddy Greg of Greg and Meg and I were getting drinks last week, and he apparently found something in his childhood room. His mom was cleaning it, and she found an essay that I had written in 2002. Oh my god! In Miss Lightsey's AP English class, did he have class. his room like preserved still? Is <laughs> this, it like one of these? At, look at this! It looks like, like it's, how did it he looks find like it just this? Printed it out, I'm just imagining. Know? Yeah, is it a well, big I think house he was supposed to grade it. Just... I think it was like a peer grading situation, and he very clearly Greg never got to it because there's no mm. fucking writing. Even though I double spaced it for him, there's no writing on it. <laughs> um, and so it probably just was in he a folder somewhere, it. and they just never like never found the folder. It. He yeah. never fucking read it. Yeah, um, it is the worst. It, it's it's the most. What's it called? Okay, it's called the young and the old. Okay. Now I can opera. kind of remember writing this. I, I mean, Wait, this is so. What age were you? So this is 2002. So I was I was 17, which okay. is embarrassing because that's later than it should have been to fucking sound like this. To write the young and the I old. I remember yeah. not being very invested in this particular assignment and not putting very much time into it. And oh I think yeah, distance yourself from I was, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is this I is not representative. Doing. I see okay? what you're doing. I was a bard. Okay. Uh huh. It's just, it's, and I remember being like, well, I'll, I'll at least like make it sound cool. So I, I try to put lots of like cool lines in it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Which now I read back and I'm like, what am I even talking about? Because it's not that long ago. Like, this is a year before I went to college, you know? It's I know, not, but like, this that is all ancient. of us, man. I mean, when you look back, it's funny because you have a memory of, of uh, these times in your life where you were like totally like awakened, right? And then and, and inspired. Um, and then I'm sure we all would have this. Uh, same experience of reading our stuff and being embarrassed. I don't know. I, I don't know if other people have the experience. Well, this let's, is, let's hear just how bad it is. Right, I'm here's, just trying here's, to make you feel better so you read it. I, I appreciate it. Here's the thesis. Mm-hmm. In modern society, a line separating the youth and the elderly is being cut deeper each day, as often the young are more concerned with their own success than with making life warmer for their elders. So I don't think I wrote that. I think that was the assignment, okay? <laughs> okay. So Doesn't um, sound like you. Yeah, that was not quite my... So, so here's me. Here, here's the first couple of sentences. Categories are becoming ever more present and ever more powerful in the modern world. When deciding what to eat, one may choose from a myriad of venues and options. Fast food, fried food, fine food, dried food, fake food, (laughs) true food, food. fat food, fat-free food. From there, of course, one needs to determine if they may consume meat, byproducts, dairy, artificial colors and flavor this goes on for about nine paragraphs yeah i don't know i was trying to be a naturalist okay so so let's go you've drawn me in i don't know where it's going that's well it's going to hell here we go about what we feed the elderly it's i i honestly don't (laughs) even know what this is supposed to be about so so let's go let's here we go so let's fast forward i talk about ancient rome Mm -hmm. and then i say today from the moment he enters the workforce the average person is accumulating a pecuniary plethora (laughs) which he will use to support himself when he reaches the age at which he is deemed by society no longer capable or necessary to the greater machine the economy um, the injury is incised by the great knife of modern self-sufficiency. When one buys a new computer, replete with technology that far surpasses that of any competitor, one has approximately one month at the most to enjoy his precious precociousness before a new computer enters the market with even further developed components, and he is rendered obsolete. Oh. It's like fucking, it's like this, this... <laughs> The thesaurus. I can't even say thesaurus. I can't say thesaurus. 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 I can't say that. Marlboro. Marlboro. I went to Marlboro. Marlboro Thesaurus. I got a thesaurus. Thesaurus. That's really hard to say. Say, Thesaurus. 
Say it. Thesaurus. Can you say the dinosaur saurus and I got a thesaurus? The dinosaur saurus and got us a thesaurus. <laughs> you can't fucking do it. <laughs> right. You can't even just say thesaurus. No, I also Why can't, did I, I can't write a paper, whole line? Anyway, I just want to read you the very end because this right. is just disgusting and I, I can't even look at it. Um, I mean, come on. It's not that bad. You're reading it all out of context. Well, I'm also- Surely I'm also, it made a little more sense than what you just read. <laughs> no, no, no. That's I'm reading accidentally the parts that make sense. <laughs> I, I, I should have marked this up. Okay. Here, listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. I'm listening. With so many, mem- this is the this is my conclusion. I-, I have to say the ending is kind of charismatic. All right, wow. everyone is perishable. Mortality Ooh, is simply more evident the in the elderly, and thus they are swept away by the young, who go back to work the next morning, perhaps in sorrow, but find that eventually they fret more over their next paycheck than the happiness of the one they love, who is withering in an alien environment. I don't know what I'm talking about. The key to filling the gap is to rear... <laughs> this is my fucking Billy Graham uh, era. The key to filling the gap is to rear children in an atmosphere of great emphasis on family values and on life and not so much on money and societal success. Only then can the crevice be crossed. Only then can we all look to old age as but a natural stage of life where one is as free to live as he is to die. Thank you. But it's funny because now, like, I have a parenting podcast, and I get to actually Brilliant. like that. That was my idea of parenting wow, in don't uh, teach 2002. Kids to love money. Yeah, it's basically like, I, don't don't make money and, amazing. and uh, emphasize family values and morals. That was my uh, idea of parenting. So here we are now. How do you think you did compared to that uh, statement? Well, I think, you think I, done I, right I can't by really it, evaluate that because I can't tell what I was fucking writing about because <laughs> the vocabulary is so stupid. So who knows? But I, I think it's it's funny that I was already at that stage saying basically like don't worry about money as much, yeah, and worry more about but family values and more, what the fuck is that even? That's mean? funny, huh? I would say that I would say that the money thing is still true, but I've replaced yeah. the family values and morals, quote unquote, mm. with an emphasis on being honest and uh, emphasizing love in the world mm. and curiosity. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that anyway. sounds good. You yeah, done if it. you find any you relics it. from your past, I done good. Oh yeah, I, I don't that, punch too far. <laughs> we you can know. make that a new segment. Relics. Oh, we should. Relics. I love it. Reliquary. Reliquary. Yeah. Oh, that's the good. Reliquary. Welcome to the reliquary. <laughs> as you can tell, I had a thesaurus as a child. Just couldn't pronounce All it. All right, I'll look for something good. So uh, why don't we go? You know, we asked you guys on Facebook basically, what are you nostalgic for? Yeah, pretty broad one. So well, because nostalgia is something that comes up on the show quite a bit, and it's something that I find myself continually bombarded by. And moments like finding a paper from high school, just, you know, they transport you back in time so so vividly. And, yeah. And, uh, some, John's going to read some of the things you guys said. All right, you ready? No. Let's. We'll, we'll reflect on these. We can, you know, sort of intersperse them in our conversation. Uh, Kevin K has some nice alliteration. Was hit with his three S's here. Fast food, fried the three food, three fat food, that cat he food. is nostalgic for: Saturday morning cartoons, Santa Coke, and slush puppies. Mm. What do you think? Um, I wasn't listening because I was checking the time. Say it again. <laughs> I love you, Kevin. This is not a reflection on you. Go, go, go back. I'll read it slower for yeah. you. Read it real slow. I didn't, I didn't real insert real enough slow. big words. Yeah. Saturday morning cartoons. Replete with? Santa Coke and slush puppies. So Saturday morning cartoons, Santa Coke and slush puppies. Yeah. That is re- really alliterative. Stanley would have been proud. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I Of those, I can definitely relate to... Uh, Slush the first puppies. two, I, sl- slush puppies. I don't have much of a personal <laughs> no, personal connection with, but I'm glad Kevin does. Yeah, I feel like the and Santa Coke. I mean, yeah, there's some nostalgia there, I guess, but meh. Well, I see it's seasonal, right? Yeah, I think Christmas time in particular is such a nostalgic oh yeah spot for people because it it's such a warm 
thing from your childhood that you associate so many happy memories with. And yeah. a lot of nostalgia comes out of reconnecting with that place. Right? Oh, for sure. And so the fact that Coke, which is always this just sort of you know consumer product that none of us were allowed to drink as kids anyway, the, but they, they would run these commercials that- I had... drank it all the time as a kid. Did you really? Yeah. Terrible, but yeah. You did, really? I did, yeah. My parents were very- uh... Ahead of their time. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the opposite. Like actually, actual, like I guess you, I, you're supposed to drink real Coke as opposed to Diet Coke if you're going to do it. Right? You're not supposed to drink any. I mean, Coke. But, but, but if you're going to treat yourself, don't drink. Don't drink the artificial. Uh, I mean, keep in mind right? here, we also you know had an ice cream and candy store. Uh, oh, that's true. I guess that probably has in the some store. Impact. So like, I would you know, I'd be the kid like mixing all the flavors, and you know, this was before I was ahead of my time. I, there was no machine that did this crazy mixing of things. I remember, you know how? So you did the syrup. Uh, so yeah, you have you know you have the fountain drink, and then there's syrup, and uh, the f- different syrups for each thing, and then there's the can of CO two, and that feeds into it. Okay, I didn't have it in my house. It was just no, but you did this personally, like like the I, like you would you would. <laughs> You would put no. syrup in and then you would blow CO2 into no, it? No, I'm talking you about- fucking mad scientist, I'm talking John? about holding the goddamn cup under each of the fountain things and going- You mean like boop, most boop, humans do exactly. when they go to a restaurant? Yeah, okay, except yeah. I owned one. You do- Oh, excuse me. <laughs> this isn't a Mr. good thing. Mr. Big Pants this over here. This isn't a good thing. Okay. You know, now that I think about that, if I trace back all the soda that I consumed and the fact that I have cancer, I had cancer, I wonder- <laughs> I wonder- <laughs> Makes you wonder, you know. Uh, I'm just, I'm I'm just, just saying. putting it out there. I'm just saying you know, it's correlation, not causation. But just putting it. But out the there. fact that that Coke would choose to run these commercials during now. the holiday season mm-hmm. is their fault. I think. But they, if they want to sponsor the show, it's not their fault. Oh yeah, that's where the yeah, fun happens. Yeah, yeah. Wrap me in stamps.com and we'll go. Um, <laughs> if, only if you're lying at Casper mattress. <laughs> with some lumbar Pete's support. Holiday Give me Pete's holiday blend. Um, I think that the the seasonal aspect of nostalgia is really important. Oh, and I think for sure. Christmas in particular. Or Hanukkah is a time of the year where it's it's very intimate because it's very family focused, yeah. right? Yeah. You feel very safe, and you're given presents. And at the end of the day, <laughs> what, what else presents. are you gonna? I mean, what, what's gonna top that? <laughs> what are you gonna do if you're fucking six? What do you want from yeah. me? Well, not only that, but it was my birthday too. So that's true, uh, Jesus. Yeah, December twenty eighth. Yeah. So uh, you know that helps too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what else we got? All right, let's see. Uh, so this is my sister, Cassandra, 25 days of Christmas on Fox family. Uh, they may still have this, but last time I checked, most of the movies were crap and not like home alone or Christmas every day, et cetera. Mm. Yeah. The quality of the stuff now. I don't know. That's pretty sad. Uh, one Saturday morning, one Saturday morning cartoons. That's a classic one. Nineties mm-hmm. music. Um, and I don't know why she listed this one. Cause it's not like she was dating in the late eighties or nineties, <laughs> <laughs> at least to my knowledge. But she said, uh, before the damn apps and when men and women are, were forced to meet in person and talk on the phone, God forbid. Granted, I was too young like to date child, right? then, but I, I got how it worked. I get how it worked. Yeah. So I, th- her so, point is like, yeah. Well, she's for her, then, it's for an imagined nostalgia. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. Because well, this think, is your little sister. So, so she, she never yeah. knew that experience. That's right. So, but speaking of imagined nostalgia, don't you think that's a big part of it? I think like, it's a huge part of it. Like it, when we a talk about being it. nostalgic for stuff, the memories that we have and the reality, I think, are quite different. Yes, right. Many of the things that I find myself nostalgic for predate my birth. Yeah, which is weird. Oh yeah, but they yeah, were totally. introduced to me as semi-nostalgic elements, right? Yeah. Like when my like when when my cousin Joey would watch something on TV, and he's six years older than I am. Yeah. You know, and I would be kind of inculcated in it as a like, kid. Exactly. 
and then all of a sudden, uh, and then before I knew it, like I would be identifying with a movie that came out, like you know, before I was even <laughs> existing, right? Yeah. Oh like, man, probably but my strongest nostalgia hit. So lucky of to all have time. Joey's in our lives, though. You know, <laughs> really, it's like it's like that older person. You know, it's an older kind of sibling Very figure, old, whether they're an ancient. actual sibling or not. It's right. like that person. They can't be too old, cause, aged, because then it's like, oh, I'm not going to get into my parents' right. stuff. You know, but he just puts those dentures in, and he just sits you down, <laughs> and he's like, listen, son, I'll tell you. Uh, but you need that. You know, there's that figure who just like introduces you to freaking art and and i have you know i can think of a few people in my life actually they weren't even really older than me but um who introduced me to like (laughs) music and uh and movies and and man it's like that stuff really sticks you know it's like oh yeah they show you the way they're like uh it's like the hero's journey except i guess there's no real hero but you know there's There's, there's always a hero And it is. You're right. It is. It is being. There's something about being shepherded through things yes. like that, right? Yes. Because yeah. when we're kids, we're pretty impressionable, yeah. obviously. And I think we don't always know what's a value and what's not. Mm-hmm. And people who are just a little bit older than us, who have been through things and known whether or not things are worth investing in, can show us and we can get into it. Like for example, exactly. Um, Joey and I got a Nintendo. Uh, th- I mean, it was really his, but like because I was like three. But it was at my grandma's house. Yeah. We would go there on Sundays, which I, I brought up oh, on like man. 12 episodes in yeah. a row now. I have great memories of my grandmother's house for the Nintendo as well. Oh, did you really yeah. have grandma's Nintendo too? Yeah, and it was like, it was on this little, you can relate to this, I bet, 13-inch Oh, I love those TV. fucking, they weigh 300 pounds <laughs> and they're six inches. They're these like tiny yeah. little cubes, uh, and they're, but they're the, they have the density oh, of man. a planet. But do, you, do you remember how freaking amazing it was to play a Nintendo? Remember that sound? Uh, when you turned it on and the blowing in the uh, oh yeah yeah the sound of goes, the tube doom, coming and then, on and yeah. then you can hear the little yeah yeah yeah, the yeah. crackling yeah oh man and then you turn off and it goes <laughs> right <laughs> so good it just it just brings you back so but so how mind blowing is it you know to be playing a, a super or just a Nintendo and then Super Nintendo of course took it up and out but notch. it's a Nintendo it, it, cause, but Nintendo cause, is where it, yeah nin- so, I, I, so we have a game room in our house in the attic which I don't know if you've seen but I've I know I've brought uh, it up before I don't think so you might not have seen it it's it's basically all of my old game systems that we've set up and yeah. also all of I can't wait to do that toys. I have I have plans for all of this in my basement too because like oh, we have so you, I have, I I've you saved all my that. old systems so good yeah it's, oh, yeah. it's like an it's a it's like a nostalgia shrine basically and the only <laughs> <laughs> way to get up to it is a ladder because it might it's in be a bit attic. unhealthy, but yeah. It's a, we go up there and we worship. Yeah. Um, and it's it's all the old systems. It's it's like a lot of old toys. It's things that are already nostalgic to Jude because they're things that he was into when he was two and three that are out there now. Right. And we still go up there and play with it. And now oh, Henry comes up. That's awesome. And Micah sometimes too. We, you know, it's hard to fit all of us up there. <laughs> but and I actually specifically bought a CRT television. You to did? play the games on the right format. And I got it on Craigslist. This guy was like, this guy was like, why are, why do you want this? And I was like, just just trust me. And it was, I had to pay for it. You know, most of the time you have to you just yeah, buy the you, side of the road. You didn't get one on but the side no, of the road. No, I researched. I was like, I know exactly which TV I want. That's too funny. It has the right refresh rate. It's the right size. Did I ever? T- oh, well, I'll make this brief. But anyway, <laughs> I found one. It was thirty <laughs> bucks, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do it. The problem is the TV weighed about ninety five uh-huh, million pounds, uh-huh. and as I said, it has to go up a ladder, and the portal at the top of the ladder is not very wide. Oh no! So I basically spent time about portal, three months trying to get this thing up there, and I could not figure out how to do it. My buddy Doug, the physicist, yeah. was up. You one need night. a physicist to figure need, that kind of stuff out. Well, I mean, we, we all we all need Joey's, and we need physicists in our lives. Yes, we need we need. And, um, and if, they're, if they're the same, then who knows? It's not a life worth living, really. <laughs> then just end it. Yeah. So it took us all night. We tried to figure this out, mm-hmm. and we could not get it up there. And finally, I was like, you know what? I promised Jude I was going to do this. I'm going to fucking. I'm going to find a way to get there. So I basically just broke my back and single handedly <laughs> lifted this thing up and threw it over the portal. <laughs> and now it's up there. And when the house burns down, down someday, yep. it will. Yeah, that's, that's the right. only way. We'll I ever hope come it doesn't down. break though. That'd be my concern. Like eventually, I mean, if it's that old, right? 
Uh, yeah, well, then fuck it. Then it's just going to take up half the attic and we're going to deal with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you can use it as like a little uh, cabinet. Yeah, well, right. It won't open, so I guess that's that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny that surface. Saturday morning cartoons... Right. It's funny that Saturday morning cartoons have come up a lot because that's still something that, as a parent, I get to experience quite a lot. Yeah. We do, like, especially on Saturday mornings, actually, in yeah. particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sit down and we watch a couple, you know, like Reading Rainbow That's usually cartoons. when I'll read or watch something with Grace, too. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And also, there TV for us was still... Um, the one device really mm-hmm. you know the one screen so like right. it also had this magical <laughs> power then that now it's just like one of many screens and so i feel a little nostalgia for that yeah. um simplicity of that yeah and related to that there's something about our attention spans that i feel really nostalgic for because i what? remember <laughs> <laughs> i remember this time where we could actually you know, sit through a movie without actually like being without focusing on all this other stuff, right? Um, or because there's still such magic in that. And again, it was the only sort of screen that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going to the movies or watching a movie at home, I don't know. It just felt like a very different experience than it does now. Part of that probably also is the fact that you were younger and you had less. And I, somebody put yeah. this really interesting. I think I might have brought this up on the show. But part of why time seems to dilate so much in our youth. Mm-hmm is because we haven't experienced as much of it yet. So oh, proportionally, sure. each minute when you've only had, say, 20 million minutes is yeah. is much larger than each minute when you've had oh, 70 so million minutes. Oh, it's so true. There's a graph right? that shows this, like a visual exactly. rep- representation of it, you know, where it's like uh, each bar or whatever is re- is long, is really long at the beginning of your life and it gets shorter and shorter yeah, and shorter. Yeah, which is so depressing. Yeah, it, it really is, yeah. <laughs> but I think, that's, I think that's part of it. I think a lot of our nostalgia comes out of this sense of t- life kind of going on forever and this unfolding mm. of time. This just... You could sit down and watch a movie and, and you could get through the whole thing and nothing else was getting in the way of it but the reality is, is that there probably were other things getting in the way of that well certainly but for like, our parents too yeah right exactly sure. right yeah, yeah um but being intentful about it i think is a really good way to preserve um to preserve that time and, and not having devices out and things like that yeah. and also being realistic and, and saying we're not going to be able to watch the whole movie tonight because it's too long right but we're not going to do anything lot, else right? and we're going to build a fort and we're going to watch an hour of this movie and we're going to have a lot and of fun we'll doing watch it. it and you, and will, you will and if you, if you disagree i'm gonna kill you <laughs> um i'm real it's um just just briefly really quick i know we got to wrap um something else that's that i think is nice about the single screen era yeah is the the fact that it was all so uh, limited and in, in that like this thing was coming on, you had no control over what they were That's airing right. and you see it one time uh, I know. and if you miss the it, like you're not going to see it again. This is so different And now. if you don't cue up a tape, which who's going to do that when you're a kid, you know, <laughs> then you're just never going to see that cartoon. That's right. Of course. And now if I have an idea to see a Street Sharks episode, I can just pull it up on YouTube and watch thing, it for free. You're so right about that. That's you a know, big part of it too. It's a give and take. Like there's obviously, it's wonderful in one sense. I can just pop anything in and watch it. Right. I don't have to pop anything in. It's just, you know, it, the remote doing it but uh i can literally just talk to my tv now that's right and yeah. say play episode 72 of street but the value of each of those you know it same goes for music you know i used to listen to whole albums and there's like right. magic in that too there's a huge change in that yeah so i do think part of nostalgia is the specialness of the limited simplicity of our lives and mm. trying to recapture that sense where i mean you know you look at christmas part of why it's so special to people is because it's it's extremely small Right, yeah. like we were saying, it's family gathered around a fireplace, opening presents. Right, yeah, and that is 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 sacrosanct. Mm-hmm. And just like Saturday morning cartoons for people, it was a family gathered around a fireplace, essentially. Yeah, watching something that will never happen again that they see one time and they experience it together, and it's special because you it's know you're special. not going to get to do it again. Right, you know? right, yeah, that's true. Um, a few of the other things that people mentioned here, we've got um, uh, Bethany, my wife, uh, the smell of my grandmother's kitchen as she was cooking. 
playing outside with neighborhood kids until the streetlights went on, 90s music, um, playing house slash doctor slash school for hours, using my imagination. That's a big one. Um, talking on the phone with friends for hours about God knows what. Now I hate talking the phone and get annoyed when someone doesn't just send me the information via text. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember? I did that. Like I remember talking on the phones for hours. Like just sitting the there, phones. fucking twirling, twirling the cable yes, on my finger with the translucent that's exactly phone case. What I was case, thinking about, yeah, and and just like and sitting there, and there was nothing else going on. Like I wasn't checking sports statistics on my phone. I wasn't looking out the window. I was just talking. Yeah. And now, I mean, I, I talked on the phone twice yesterday, and that was probably the most I've spoken on a phone in a year. Yeah. No, and I'm, both I'm, conversations I'm were not a fan of talking two on the phone. You know, but it is such a different world now. Mm. But someday we'll be nostalgic for this, what we're experiencing now. Oh right? man, which is a weird thought. Which right? is like, what the fuck are we going to do after this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, where are we going to? Are we just going to be telepathically shitting in each other's cereal? Like, what are we going to be wow. doing? Wow, that's where your brain that's goes. That's where I assume the world's going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be fascinating. I would totally telepathically shit in your cereal. <laughs> yeah, you would. Um, and then Pat Clue says singing and playing guitar with my sister, playing baseball, football, and basketball with my non-biological nephews, spending my childhood summers with my nana at Hampton Beach, and working with my aunt Mary during the summer hours I was attending college. Mm. So much of this does relate back to family, family, huh? you know, family, and and that I think um, it makes so much sense that a lot of it is the close relationships that we have, you know, and sort of our tribe and the memories that we have with those people and the safety. Um, and I feel like a lot of that too. So here's another one where it's changed so much in our lifetime. Um, and our community has grown out so much and there's a lot of good to that, right? We've talked about this, but there's also like, um, I don't know the connections that we have, it can be more difficult to sort of um, hold those in the same sort of deep way that we did, you know, because mm-hmm. we feel so spread out with our network. Um, and I often think Just about like this. Just like time, right? The yeah. more our network spreads out, yeah. the the smaller proportionally each exactly. connection becomes. Exactly, that's when right. When we're kids, every single interaction we have with our parents is a huge thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And now it's like we have to make things huge. And I, I wonder about this. We should come back to it as a topic as well, but like... I often think I just there's too many people in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like as, as crass as that. Every sounds. day I'm like, yeah. oh, I gotta call some people. I up. mean, I I just I, I feel badly about some of it. Like I want to be more connected to certain people, but it's like you feel so spread thin, mm-hmm. and it feels like all of your relationships suffer as a result. So I don't know where to go with that, but but it's true. Yeah, and I experience that every single day in my yeah. life too. Yeah. Um, I, I know we have to wrap because we both have meetings that are about to start, but, you know, we can come back to this at some point. I just really briefly wanted to bring up part of why I suggest we talk about nostalgia is I saw a picture of moon shoes. Remember mm. those? And it just like hit me so hard. I was like, whoa, I have not thought about those things in 25 years. Yeah. And now it's like it, 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 I was all of a sudden in the body of my seven year old <laughs> self again, wanting these terrible toys that everybody hated. Uh, you know? I, the first <clears> thing <throat> that came to mind for me was creepy crawlers. Do you creepy remember that? Creepy crawlers in the oven. Smelled the easy like bake oven for boys. Remember smelled, those fucking things? That's exactly what it was. Oh, Oh yeah, my god! It smelled it so, so bad. Fun. They smelled so bad. But it was but so stuff fun. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's or so things true. like the uh, like. You remember those balls that you could bounce on that looked kind of like Saturn? There was like a ri- kickball with a ring around it. I don't remember, remember that? that. No. Okay. Well, that we those were big in <laughs> Connecticut for a while. Or like you know, bop <laughs> it. Must be Connecticut. Yeah, same of kind of era as or like the skip it thing. Yeah. All of these just these ridiculous toys that at the time, you know, there was nothing special about them. But now, I mean, it really. Or do you remember? Do you remember two XL? No. 2XL is another huge nostalgia thing for me. It was this uh, like robot toy that you could put a tape into uh-huh. and you could do like games with it. You could answer Whoa. questions and press little buttons. So it was, it's cool because it was analog, but it was mimicking digital yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. things, you know, because there were like, you know, yes or no. You can respond to trivia questions. Wow. Um, and like, you know, over Fancy. the years, it mine broke. And, and I remember, but I remember sitting there like late at night listening to these stories about like, you know, Lou Gehrig. And, and I actually remember specifically my cousin Joey 
telling me a story about Lou Gehrig's disease, and it scared the fucking shit out of me yeah, as a kid. Well, that makes sense. And, and yeah, thank, thanks, Joey. <laughs> and and I better remember like that. I, I wouldn't have had that memory if I hadn't had this two XL. Yeah, know? And I saw yeah. one in a record store, and I actually offered the guy. I was like, I'll give you a hundred dollars for that. Oh thing. my god, what did he say? Um, he was like, I, I could never sell it. He just said, fuck off. And then I was, I was thinking, like, wow, he turned out $100, and I go on eBay, and they're worth, like, $5,000. Wow. So I'm like, well, okay. Maybe I should have taken better care of it. Fine. <laughs> I get it. But anyway, nostalgia is a much bigger topic than, than we have time for today. We'll come back to it. But um, I guess uh, I think we have come away with some kind of learning, which is that it's, it's, about, it's, about, it's about safety and the proportional importance of experiences when mm. you're a kid and remembering a sense of smallness and a sense of specialness and part of me wonders if older generations of people experience nostalgia the way we do because part of me feels like they might not you know hmm, that's interesting. i feel like I, I feel like and this is obviously a huge generalization but but people born for example in like the 1920s yeah like i wonder how nostalgic they are for for their why wouldn't they be because i i think the constant outward expansion of life in the ever accelerating technological race we find ourselves in sounds like your essay has yes has <laughs> fast food fried food dog food fuck food <laughs> has made the world feel increasingly um explosive change you know? is happening faster and i feel like that right. could yeah so the safety of the past probably ha- brings more sort of comfort yes now and also the true, lack of physicalization people then thought the world was changing crazy and ways it was too, i you mean know? there were world wars you're totally yeah, right it's all but, relative but part of it's a tactile thing about like how as we um get older we're realizing that like we're 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 increasingly disconnected from our physical selves yeah part of why you and i like to meditate yeah together is because (laughs) it it, it helps to connect us back to our own body just by concentrating on our breath and the weight of our body and chairs and things right yeah and i love that and i and i realized that as a kid i never had to think twice about it Mm because i was totally aware like i used to love getting dirty and playing around outside and getting hurt and it was part of the fun you know and now so much of our lives are digital and, and lived on Skype. Yeah. Um, and we can see a very clear road to the future where we're going to end That's up right. doing more and more of that. Yeah. And nostalgia to me is reconnecting with the time before that where I could reach out and touch the people that I most loved in the world mm. at any given time, no matter what was going on. And I knew things were safe and I knew things were sound and things were secure. Yeah. Anyway, we'll come back to this. All right, we got to come back to it because I also feel like there's there's a sadness inherent in that idea of nostalgia that I uh, I try to let go of somewhat. You know, it's similar to our conversation about memory and all that stuff, where mm. it's like it is part of us still and it always will be, and that's special, you know. So um, it's like acknowledging that and you know letting go of it and acknowledging that it's still there. Yeah, it's exactly. not dead. Yeah, but it's it's also impossible to time travel. Right. So you might as well move on and but carry, you can carry it with you. So you can levitate. Well, frogs, frogs, frogs can levitate. Right. Hashtag I'm real. Hashtag just one more. Hashtag really Bye. Bye.